Are we going to do the intro? Maybe not. Maybe we'll just jump right into this. I thought I had a full minute. Maybe not. Welcome in to your Tuesday Scramble. Uh, producer Mina, a little miscommunication there. Andy <laughs> is here. Andy, I'm running straight in from uh, CBS Sports HQ. I know you are running in from something else. We are uh, in full-on Tiger mode. Yeah, I need to get a little bit of – I need to get a refresher from you because I was just on uh, with my good friends at Koozie News, San Diego local television. Shout out the legend, Paul Rudy. Uh, but from what I've heard, he's playing. He said he's playing. Oh, yeah. He said, uh, and I quote, as of right now, I feel like I will play. Yeah, he's in. We knew this was coming. Well, does this just hearing the words out of his mouth? And I know he answered the question also. Do you think he can? Our friend Daniel Rappaport asked, do you think he can, you can win? And he said, yes, I do think I can win. Um, does this change anything for you? No, no, this is uh sometimes you get like, you know, in, in other sports, it's like coach speak. There's like a tiger speak that you need to like tigers always going to think he's, he's going to a lot of athletes feel that way. We just ask tiger about it every single time that he plays. So no, I'm, I'm not surprised at all to hear him say that. And no, it doesn't change anything. I'm, I'm quite optimistic for tiger, but what I think the optimism for is uh, play well, the first round or two, make the cut. Maybe things get a little bit more difficult for him on the weekend as the body starts to ache a bit more. I I'm, I'm quite bullish on it, but I do not think it is um, him winning the golf tournament. Yeah, I'm going to give you a galaxy brain take that I will expand on a little bit more in uh, my DFS article on Rick Run Good tomorrow. Uh, I think the f we know that Tiger is going to be AM, PM. And yeah. I think that PM Friday afternoon is going to be really tough. That's when the wind's going to be the highest. Um, and that's when the greens are going to be at their firmest. So that would probably be my biggest concern with Tiger is that he's going to see the toughest part of the golf course, because you know, they're going to put, they, you know, they want him Friday afternoon on coverage. Who do you think he gets paired with, by the way, when do we get tee times? Uh, soon. Yeah. It'll be in the next couple of hours. I imagine. I bet you he gets, um, JT and whoever else he wants. Right. I don't know. I feel like tiger hand picks his, his groups at, at Augusta national. <laughs> As somebody who's backing JT this week, heavily, I don't want Justin Thomas playing with Tiger. In fact, I I, I could see like Fred Couples and like a, another former's former Masters champion. I hope they don't give. I hope they don't put him with like Rom and JT or Rom and Hovland. Or I think that he should be put in a little bit more of an elder statesman category than a top five player in the world category. Here we go. I've got them. They just, they just dropped uh, four minutes ago. Uh, oh, Tiger Woods will go out uh, 1034 AM Eastern on Thursday with Louis Oosthuizen and Joaquin Neiman. Huh? Well, I, I've, I think that's a comfy pairing for Tiger. I probably right. I mean, I, I, I don't think those are guys that are in Tiger Circle by any means. I know Louis does live in that area, but uh, I, I, I'm okay with that. I, 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 I strange. I thought they could have gone a lot of different directions, and I was surprised that they went this one. But what do you think? 
I, I like I like Joaquin Neiman a lot this week, and I don't like that he's playing with Tiger in round one. Like, I don't need the whole circus from day one if you're Joaquin Neiman trying to go out and win a green jacket. Like, it would have been nice for him to ease into the circus a little bit. What are what are some of the other ones? Can you give me some of the other ones? Like, what are so, the Mark yeah. Where Spieth and Brooks? So, and- um, Hideki, Hideki, JT, and then because the Masters champion always gets the amateur, James Pyatt. Um, Jordan Spieth is playing with... Victor Hovland and Xander Shoffley. Is that good for you? Oh man, that's going to be a blast. That's going to be so much fun. That's an, that's a good one. I love How about that. Matt Fitzpatrick, Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy? That's the final group on Thursday, 2.03 PM. Wow. I like that a lot too. What about where's, uh, where's Ron? I got more. Yeah, here you go. Zala Torres, Patrick Cantlay, John Rom. That's a good one. So that's good. a really good one. Yeah. Morikawa. Uh, Morikawa is with Billy Ho and Dustin Johnson. Mm. Interesting. Billy will mm. do all the talking in that in that group. Wow. wow. This is good. I, so I good. like that those, a lot. Those are the um those last like four that I read. Uh, those are the last four groups on, on Thursday afternoon. So we'll be waiting a while for those first group out Jose Maria Olafable and JJ spawn in the two ball out early. Um, Andy, let me reset here. So this is your Tuesday scramble. It is April 5th, 2022. We are indeed presented by prize picks. We are going to get to props and matchups and one and done selections. We're going to talk about the course, the changes to Augusta national, what we have seen on the prop side of things. Uh, there is a huge number of props available. There are multiple holes uh, with single hole props. There are amen corner props. And usually within minutes of us giving out the four picks here, those lines change. So Andy, um, I believe this is by far the biggest uh, prize pick slate that we've ever seen uh, for golf. I can't wait. I was digging into it this morning. I already, we already had a bunch of people in the Slack asking about it last night. Uh, we had like slump feels like a harsh word. We were like, we batted 500 for like half a tournament and yeah. then came back firing. Uh, so we're percolating once again. I can't wait to get into it. There were a couple every time on Tuesday, Rick, there's always one uh, prop, one kind of category, whether it's fairways or greens or score where I'm just like this entire category is too high or this entire category is too low. And we have a couple of contenders for that this week. So I can't wait to dive in. Yeah, Robert in the chat already notices because, again, these lines move quickly, especially when attention is brought to them. Uh, Tiger Woods earlier in the week was 75 and a half. I made a video. I think I might have tweeted it out. Now he's 73 and a half. So make sure you're logged in. You're ready to rock and roll. The code you're looking for is Rick. Uh, The link is in the description, and there is a 100% instant deposit match available to you up to 100 bucks. Um, Let's talk about the course a little bit, Andy. Augusta National and uh, is a course that obviously we know very well. We see it every single year. It's the only major championship, which we see the same course every year. And your full-on course breakdown is available on rickrungood.com right now, which is uh, awesome. Now, there's been some changes, right? A couple of greens have been resurfaced. 11 and 15 are now playing longer. The scorecard yardage is like 75-10. How do you think the changes are going to impact uh, the players this time around? Well, I think 
it's a combination of the changes with the weather, right? So the changes in themselves are are not all that big. It's basically two to three holes that are really, you're going to have a little bit of a different club. And the biggest change is on 11 where the tee got moved over a little bit and it's going to play now 520 yards, making it, you know, a beast of a par four that par fours actually plays longer than the 13th, which is a, which is a par five. Um, so Rory talked about this in his practice round. Rory said, Hey, usually I hit six, seven iron into this hole. Now I'm hitting four iron and Rory remains one of the top five longest players on tour. So if Rory's hitting a four iron into that green, you can only imagine what Kevin Kisner is hitting into that green. And same thing with 15, Rick. 15 is a par five that is generally reachable by most players or, or that's what technology has allowed for in the last couple of years. I it's still going to be reachable for the longer hitters and, and even shorter hitters if you hit a good drive, but it's going to be more difficult. And we, we saw it last year too, even Rick with on 15, once that green firms up a little bit, you have water in front and water behind. So you have to hit a very high approach shot in to hold that green. And now if you don't hit a good drive, you're going to have a longer iron in and it's going to be harder to control your ball flight. So in totality, Rick, I think, for me, it just makes me look at distance off the tee and long iron play a little bit more. I completely agree with you. And not to mention the weather and uh, rain they've had already in the area. And now as we're speaking right now, I mean, there was a, they, they pulled them off the course for weather an hour ago. There, there's rain coming in right now, which should only make this course play longer. Andy, um, you can look at the eye test. You can look at kind of the stats Basically, however you look at it, I think distance is a big, a big position this week. Absolutely. Right. And, and I think, you know, we're going to get, we're going to get rain for 12 hours, essentially, as the forecast stands, stands now, it's going to rain all afternoon and it's going to rain through the night. Right. And yes, the greens do have sub air. So the greens should be able to firm up and I expect them to play more firm as the week goes on. But the fairways are still going to be soft, and that's going to limit rollout, and that's going to make the course play wider. So accuracy may be a little bit less important because the balls aren't going to run as much when they hit the ground, and it's going to play longer. And I actually think that if you take this narrative and you take this angle, um, there are a lot of opportunities, and we're I'm sure we'll get to some of them in prize picks. Yes, we certainly will. Uh, before we do that, I've picked out three golfers that I want to talk through. If there's anybody else in the chat, do a little bit of a deeper dive on. Make uh, Feel free, throw some names out in the chat right now. We'll start talking about those guys, but first, we're going to take a quick 30 seconds. Andy Lack is not only the co-host of The Scramble, but also produces his own show, The Inside Golf Podcast. It's available twice a week, focusing on course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategies for every PGA Tour event. Admittedly, I was drawn to Andy for his data-driven approach, which you'll find on his Sunday shows as he breaks down the field. But I'm even more impressed by his passion for course architecture, which offers a different perspective of our great game. Mix those together with insightful and humorous guests who don't take themselves too seriously, and you've got a recipe for a great podcast. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. All right, Andy, let's dive into a couple of golfers here. I see them coming in in the chat. There's a couple we can definitely get to here. Let's talk about Cy Jordan. 
Spieth, what in the wild world do we do with this guy? Uh, obviously, the elite, elite course history, the concerns about a horrendous putter, and just kind of the lack of good form. But of course, of course, uh, his final round before he gets to Augusta, Georgia, goes out, gains seven strokes from Tita Green at the Valero. Like, what is the expectation for this guy? <sighs> I, I have a difficult time with speed because for when I do my majors research, like for the majors, I run my data more long-term than any other tournament on the PGA tour. I think majors are more uh, predictive in terms of you want to look at long-term data with these guys, as opposed to who's popping at the right moment. So I'm trying not to overreact too much to one very, very hot ball striking round from Jordan Spieth at the Valero Texas Open in a really, really poor field where he was essentially the biggest name in the field over the weekend. With that being said, mm -hmm. it is very hard to not get excited about what we saw out of Jordan Spieth. Uh, the ball striking has been the issue with him this year, right? Like that is what we, we don't worry about Jordan Spieth's putter at Augusta National, although we kind of did have to last year. He, you could make an argument he would have won the Masters if he had putted better last year. So I think where I stand on Spieth is I'm not letting the hype train overcome me. He's not one of the guys that I have placed a wager on this week, but I think he's a pretty safe bet to finish like top 20. Um, and, you know, if he is, uh, he's probably somebody I'll be looking at in DFS. I'll say that. Yeah, I think I'm like a six out of 10 in terms of excitement. I I mean, it's not been super great, but he's gained on approach in six straight. The putter was horrendous. If, I, if I'm if i just asking uh, Jordan Spieth's putter to get figured out at Augusta National, I don't think I'm asking all that much, right? And it's just... I mean, the, to go the, the Brooks comment that he made a couple years ago where there's only 25 guys who can win a major, I, I feel like that's more true at Augusta National than anywhere else. I absolutely believe that 100%. And the thing with Jordan Spieth is we've seen him come into Augusta and contend without his A game. Now, I, let's make no illusions about it, Rick. Spieth was playing unbelievable coming into the Masters last year. His form coming into the Masters last year was way better than his form is now. But I still think you could make a pretty good argument that what we saw at the Valero was encouraging enough for you to believe that he is one of the 15, 12 to 15 most likely players to win the green jacket on Sunday. For, uh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the fact that he only has one is um, insane, which actually I say that, but uh, I don't want people to think that uh, I believe that if you win the masters twice, you don't get two green jackets. Like you don't get, it's the same green jacket, right? Like you don't have a tiger doesn't have a, a closet full of five of them. He has one. So when I say that, Andy, I, I know what the situation is. <laughs> yeah. Which is a, that's an, a very important point uh, to get into. Yeah. That is uh, i I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think, does that, is that a thing that like, how long do you get it? For the year, you can take it off the property for the year, and then of yeah. course it's it's there on site forever. But you can you can take it with you for a year, and you and, can go to Good Morning America and all. Yeah, and, and then you they all wear their green jackets for the champions dinner, right? 
yeah, you're actually supposed to wear it uh, when you're on the ground. So like, like, so for when you see Bubba go for the drive chip and putt, he puts it on. And when he's not like in practice or play mode, like they're supposed to be putting them on um and and wearing them around but yeah that's that's you know it's like one of the weird little quirks of the place which by the way did you see hideki's menu so good so good love it love everything about it so um, good like the chicken skewers and the dessert like the the strawberry shortcake fire Dude, Tiger, Tiger alluded to the things that like cannot be said at that dinner, cannot be repeated from that dinner. That that would be one of the places to be a fly on the wall. And what they do is they pass around, um, they'll pass around all the flags and like all the all of them will sign it. So basically, they'll be like, if you were Hideki and you wanted to get you know ten flag signed, they just pass them around the table and everybody signs it. So you walk away with like the past champion signed items that you have. There are, there are stories of guys like taking like the silverware and the plates with them. It's just like, it's so the champions that are the best. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That I, that's, that's unbelievable stuff. I wish, yeah. I wish we had more insight into that type of stuff about Augusta. I feel like there's so much lore about Augusta that we don't even know in terms of, you know, the behind the scenes stuff, but yeah, that's, uh, I, I was super, super excited when I saw Hideki's champions, uh, menu. I hope he, you know, I hope he ha- is healthy yeah. enough to have a legitimate title defense, you know? Yeah. It would be kind of a shame if he doesn't, he doesn't play or doesn't play well or just battles through it or whatever. Uh, lots of questions about Rory McIlroy. So obviously now what seven or eight years of him looking to complete the career grand slam played last week for the first time in recent memory, missed the cut, but Andy, maybe, maybe Tiger Woods sucking up some oxygen uh, from the rest of the field. Maybe that's good for Rory. I like Rory this week. I think that, he threw a lot of people off his scent last week at Valero. I mean, would I have liked to see him play better at Valero? Of course. But for me, it's more about, you know, Rick, we're going to have to, there's so many players in this field where you can have a conversation about where course fit versus recent form, recent form versus course fit, right? I think a wet golf course and Rory McIlroy, and he is probably going to be under-owned in DraftKings, It's really hard for me to pass up Rory on a wet golf course. Really difficult for me to pass him up. I agree. The weapon is still there. The weapon's the driver. The wedge is suspect for sure. But even on tour, you know, he's lost strokes putting in three straight. But before that, he's been good. And he's historically... Um, and again, tr- believe this for what for what it's worth, but like the guys that go back and run the strokes gain numbers for Augusta National, like he's been historically a very good putter there. It's not been a question of the putter. It's been like he just hasn't hit his approach as well. Do you know, does he go off early uh, on Thursday or late? If he, he goes is in the final group on Thursday afternoon. Okay, I, I like that actually. I think that's the better side of the draw. Um so I like that for Rory. Yeah, I think Rory is going to go under own this week, which is remarkable at Augusta National. I think if Rory finishes T17 last week at the Valero Texas Open, we're having a much different conversation. Um so I think you're getting some I think you're getting some nice leverage on Rory this week. Finally, uh Bryson DeChambeau Self-described as 80% healthy, Andy. Early indications, and I think this will go up. He was like 
two and a half percent owned when I ran the numbers yesterday. I'll rerun them here in just a, a few minutes. But um, Bryson's got what we want. He's got the distance. He sprayed it all over the yard at the match play, sprayed it all over the yard in Texas. Ah, uh, boy, I, I want to want Bryson, but I'm not sure I can get there. I think it comes down to strategy and what you're looking for. If you're playing 150 lineups, I think you should probably put Bryson in five to 10 of them. If you're playing, you know, one single entry lineup or you're a four or five lineup guy, I don't know if it's worth taking that chance, but you know, we talk about distance and long iron play. Bryson is the longest player on the PGA tour and he's the number one long iron player on the PGA tour. Now that's not necessarily because he's a pro prolific long iron player like a Colin Morikawa or a Justin Thomas. It's because a 200 yard shot for Bryson is an eight iron when for other players, it's a five or a six iron, right? So he has that huge advantage where the loft of his clubs, like he's going to be approaching some of these greens with much higher loft clubs, which I think is exactly what you're looking for at Augusta this week. With that being said, God, he is so hard to trust. The one thing I'll, the one thing I will mention, I don't know if you remember this last year, but he was in, he was saying the same things around St. Jude last year uh, at the Memphis where he was recovering from, I think he had COVID and he had another injury and he told the media, I'm not feeling great. I haven't been able to practice. And he held the lead in Memphis on the back nine on Sunday. So I'm not saying this is the same situation, but I think it's worth mentioning that as we've seen with Tiger, as we've seen with Bryson, I think some of these guys like to undersell and over-deliver. Yes, we've talked a lot that I don't necessarily believe that uh, Bryson DeChambeau is a reliable narrator. Uh, I also feel that way about Tiger, kind of in an opposite sense. Tiger just always thinks he's going to win. I, I truly believe he believes that, but I'm not always sure that both of these guys are necessarily attached to reality, but that's what great athletes, um, they have that flaw. That's, that's not uncommon. Okay, uh, it is time. We are going to get into the prize picks props segment. You need to be logged in. You need to have uh, used the promo code Rick and make sure you're all signed up because these numbers are going to move the second that we say them. So make sure you're ready. We'll hit them on the other side. All of the tools and data that you see me use on this channel is from my site, rickrungood.com. RickRunGood.com is one of the largest golf databases on the planet, and it's geared towards making your DFS and betting research process as efficient as possible. There are literally millions of data points in the database, and while that might sound intimidating, the tools that I've built allow you to cut through the data quickly, choose what's important to use, and even build lineups that are ready for import directly into DraftKings. Outside of that, membership gets you access to the Slack channel. Currently 2,000 run-gooders who are ready to share insights and have a little fun. I love it, and you will too. Sign up at rickrungood.com. Let's prop it like it's hot. Presented by Prize Picks. We are trying to bankrupt them. I think we were 7-1 last week. I think we were 4-0 on Tuesday's show, 3-1 on Fridays, and we got beat by a Siwoo Kim duffed chip. He was green-sided to on the par five, just get up and down. He duffed one, Andy, and made par. That was the only, I, I believe that was the only thing we got wrong last week. Yeah, we're back, man. We've we're been back. on fire, and I think, uh, man, we'll get into them, but I think some of these numbers, like I just, if you have a beat on this golf course and on the weather, um, I think 
some of these numbers are wrong, in my opinion, which is something we say every week. There are <laughs> there are so many options. These all can't be sharp lines, especially when the tournament starts and we start to see how they're playing. They've got five different holes uh, with, with single hole strokes. They've got hole 12 green in regulation, hole four green in regulation. So there are literally, Andy, there are literally some props that are one shot. So if you want to sweat out one shot, whether a guy hits the green on 12 or four, that option is available to you. Yeah, that's which I mean, I the thing that's the best about the Masters is the coverage and how you can watch pretty yes. much every shot on masters.com, which is like such a recipe for either success or disasters for betters with what prize picks is allowing you to do. So I can't wait. It is going to be a very fun week, and I'm gonna be glued to my television. The four props that we have uh are are Right now, if you power play them, are 11 times a return on your investment if they all catch. So, Andy, without further ado, our very first Masters prop to hopefully bankrupt prize picks is what? Okay, so I'm going to give you a funny stat with Justin Rose. Um, Justin Rose was the first round leader mm -hmm. at the Masters in three consecutive appearances, 2004, 2007, 2008. He also sat inside the top four on the leaderboard after round one, 2015, 2016, 2017, and again in 2021. So he has been in the top four of the first round lead in seven, in 70% of his last 10 appearances at the Masters. And we're asking him to go under 71.5. Thursday is probably the easiest that it's going to play, I would guess, because you get that heavy rainfall on Tuesday night, and the greens probably are going to really start to firm up Friday afternoon once the wind really comes in. I mean, that I just, I don't know how you don't play it without Charlie Hoffman in the field taking up the first round leader action. It has to be Rose if you're into that sort of thing. Justin Rose over under, excuse me, Justin Rose under 71 and a half. I had an under 71 and a half as well. However, it has just moved to 71. We're still going to roll with it. It's Corey Connors. And yeah. Andy, this is what I think um, the difference between formats. Most people screw this up, right? It's like, well, I like someone here. So I like them in all formats. I bet them to win. I'm going to play them in DFS. That's a flaw in, in, in the strategic aspect of this. I'm probably not going to play Corey Connors in DFS because he's going to be like 30% owned, but you're darn right. I want him under 71 considering uh, there's a reason he's super popular. He's playing well coming in. He's got a really good stretch of, of golf played around Augusta national. It's that Thursday low key vibe. He's playing with um, his group is, Russell Henley and Lee Westwood, which is about as comfy as you can get on a Thursday around Augusta National. Like, this is a huge difference between formats. I'm out on Connors and DFS. I'm in on him in the props. Yeah, which is a really, really important distinction. You can throw the betting markets into that as well, right? It's like DFS, you're playing against other people. Uh, prize picks, you're playing against prize picks. Betting, you're playing against the Bucks, right? Correct. So it's yeah. a very, very important distinction. And I agree with you. Connors has been great around Augusta in two appearances. He's finished top 10 in back-to-back -back years. So I really like that one. All right. Let's go to your next prop. Uh, and it is a fairways prop. Who is it? 
So I went with Tony Finau, who's been unbelievable at the Masters, by the way, over eight fairways. So Augusta has, they have the third widest fairways on tour. Eight of 14 fairways, which is what we're asking Tony Finau to do, implies a 57% fairway percentage, which is lower than what you get at Augusta National. On average, like these fairway props should be higher than eight because historically at Augusta National, you see average drivers in the ball hitting more like nine as opposed to eight. And what I'm getting in Tony Finau is a guy that hits the ball really high and long. Why does that matter? Because I don't think he's going to get a ton of rollout in those fairways. He has a high ball flight. So generally where the ball lands, it's probably going to stop close to that point. And because there's so much moisture on the ground too, it it makes the entire course play a little bit wider. So now I'm getting a player that's trending off the tee. Finau gained over two strokes off the tee. Uh, last week at the Valero, that was one of that was his best off the tee performance in over a month. Um, and you're asking him to do what I think is going to be a very, very easy task based on the turf conditions this week. So I, I'm soaring over the eight fairways on Tony Fina. I would have probably played it at nine too. Yeah, I I completely agree. The fairways one stood out to me as well. I would not. Uh, blame you if you wanted to take those three and run with it, put those three in, as we've talked about before, I'm, I'm about to go to amen corner props, which, um, when you start talking single hole or just three holes, the variance is a bit higher. So I'll probably have, uh, those three that we just gave out as one, I'll probably split them up into twos and then I'll put in all four. But where I'm at here is, uh, Brooks Kepka. Over 11 and a half strokes around Amen Corner. Now, Andy, I want to get your thoughts on this because Amen Corner, as we know, 11, 12, 13. It's a par four, a par three, a par five. So if you play them at even par, you're getting around there in 12 strokes. This is asking the golfers to get around there under par at 11 and a half. And we know 11 is a monster. Right, 11 is an absolute monster that is just going to play harder this year. 12 is no small feat. You can find yourself in Rays Creek. Par is a great score around there. And then you're going to get an opportunity at 13, but it's hard to play. I think think it's going to play harder this time around uh, with the lengthening of 11 than we've seen before. Okay, so we're on the same page. I agree with you. I think you should look at overs on Amen Corner at least at the beginning, just to see, because my belief on 11 is that it's going to bring way more big numbers into play in terms of the water that um, is on the left side of the green. The other thing about 12 too, and I think this is important to note. Yes. 12 is a very, very standard short par three in calm conditions. We're getting wind this week and 12 is one of the only one of the biggest holes on the golf course where swirling winds makes that hole completely different than it would play in calm conditions. And we're getting a westerly, not to get too into the weeds with the weather. I'll break all that down tomorrow in my article, but a westerly wind at Augusta is the most difficult and challenging wind for players to have to deal with. So I think that 12 under swirling winds, plus the changes to 11, 
I would probably side on the route of just blindly playing overs on amen corner until we at least see, you know, how players start to play them in the first round. And then maybe we adjust that, but I'm with you. I would lean to the overs on all amen corner props. Yeah. The 11 and a half. There are, you can get like Larry Mize, uh, 13 and a half or Sandy Lyle, 13 and a half. I think I'll just stick with the guys that we see play every single week. So uh, I'm showing the spreadsheet right now. So I went and compiled, because uh, I wasn't sure earlier in the week if the lines were going to be 11 and a half or 12 and a half. So I went and compiled uh, the data for uh, basically every golfer in the field and how often they played MN quarter. Uh, Armina's putting the link in the description right now. So you'll be, if you want to access this uh, spreadsheet, you can get it. The link is going to be in the description momentarily. But Brooks Kepka has gone over 11 and a half in 16 of 22 trips. And now, as we just talked about, I think it's going to be more difficult. A couple other notables here. Um, Victor Hovland's only played it eight times, but he's gone over in, in six of them. Uh, Russell Henley's gone over 77% of the time at 11 and a half. So use this spreadsheet. Um, and I, I think, Andy, you and I are on the same page that we're probably leaning overs here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at least let's just see, right? Like, that's the beauty of prize picks is, you know, they keep them up once the round starts. And we'll probably talk about this a little bit more on Friday. But you can watch how a couple groups play a whole and yep. then change how you feel about something, which is something both of us have utilized on Friday a bunch. So here we go. To recap, Justin Rose under 71 and a half. Corey Connors under 71. Tony Finau over eight fairways. Brooks Kepka over 11 and a half around a men corner. If those all hit on Thursday, you will receive an 11 times return on your money. <laughs> and I mean, you don't have to win these that often. You win these like, you know, every, every few times we give it a crack and you're a big time moneymaker. The Justin, like some of them feel the Justin Rose one feels like steep. Like I'm not a first round leader guy, but I may even throw something on Justin Rose first round leader. Um, it feels like stealing with the way that we've been able to take advantage of these. So I can't wait for Matt. For, this is probably going to be my heaviest exposure on prize picks yet. And I've been kind of increasing as, uh, as each week goes on, but I, I absolutely cannot wait, man. Jet blue amigo says it's all fun and games until prize pick literally shuts down next week. <laughs> Which, you know, I've been, I've been worried about for quite some time, but I, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess they're fine with it so far. So I think they're good. We've talked about it before. I think they rake in other sports, right? I think yeah. other sports that are much more, uh, closer and consistent to projections and the markets are more mature and the lines are more efficient. I just think it's hard to make efficient lines in golf. And then you let me and you go after it. And it's like, it's like taking candy from a baby. I think that's a good take. I didn't think about that, but I, I think because I've actually dabbled a little bit into prize picks football and prize picks basketball as well. Let me tell you, Rick, not <laughs> as successful as I have been in golf. So yeah. I think that is a theory that very much explains it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into our head to head matchups. We're going to do one and done selections as well, but we're going to do that after a quick word. 
If you're not playing daily fantasy on prize picks, then you're not really playing daily fantasy. They offer nothing but props and they do it better than anyone else. You pick two to five players on an over under and can win up to 10 times on any entry. They allow mixed sport entries, meaning you can take the over on LeBron James and the under on John Rahm. The golf specific props are amazing. Birdies or better, fairways hit, greens in regulation, round score, and now, yes, single hole props. That's right. What score will a golfer make on a specific hole? I have prize pick specific tools on my website to help you build the best entries. And now prize picks is offering a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just use the code Rick at sign up or click the link in the description. That's code Rick. Good luck. All right, Andy, let's do our head-to-head matchups. Last week was weird because we both had Abraham answer over Chris Kirk. Answer withdrew before the tournament started, so we wiped that one. That does not count in any direction. And then we both had Rory over Hideki. Hideki played, uh, started the second round and withdrew. Rory missed the cut. Good books would... would um, rule that in Rory's favor, it's which a win is, for us, which is what I have done. Yeah. I've yeah. been on that. Yeah. That's a win for us. A hundred percent. No books, books do that. Yeah. He has, it'd be a different story if it was like answer where he didn't tee off, but once right. Hideki tees off, he's fair game. Right. Okay. So we were, uh, so, so we had four matchups that counted towards our record. I went two, one and one moving my season long total ever closer to that 500 mark. Now, 19, 20 and four while Andy, you've done it again. 3-0-1 oh, and one, an undefeated week 27-12 and 4 for the season you are red fire my friend yeah it's been good and we talk about it every week with these matchups like they're not you know they're not the sexy thing that everyone likes to talk about with the outrights but it is a very very good way to keep a consistent big girl going and I'm going to continue to try and take advantage of them before we jump in, jump into this. Can you release the mayor pod so that John can stop commenting it fifteen times in the chat? What? Just yeah, the people, what they want, Andy. Yeah. So I've gotten a lot of the the hashtag may have, <laughs> may or may not have been trending on Twitter. Release probably the worldwide. Pod. Yeah. Yeah. Probably worldwide. Um, it's coming, John. It's coming. Here's the thing. It's Masters Week. I'm not going to drop that masterpiece of a podcast on Masters Week, but. I think the game plan is Zurich Classic Week, which is going to be a little bit of a lighter content week for everyone, is uh, is two weeks away. So I think we're gonna you're gonna get it Zurich Classic Week, John. But thank you very much. I so appreciate that uh, that you yeah. care. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, appreciate the passion. Stop asking for it. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, all right, Andy. Matchups for this week. And oh, what did Mina do? Okay, she she eased us into this. So the okay. final ones are some big boppers, but she started us with <laughs> Seamus Power versus Jason Kokrak. It must be the Masters. What side do you want? Oh my gosh. I was going to say, Mina, two guys that like, I don't have any like great takes on to unleash. Um, <laughs> I think Kokrak just on the pure sense that Kokrak fits the bill of somebody who hits it long and high off the tee and plays well on longer golf courses and hits his, uh, hits his long irons really well. He's won on bent grass before he doesn't have great history at Augusta, but I will probably take some history at Augusta, even if it's bad over no history at Augusta. So I think I'll go Kokrak. 
Yeah, I'm like two out of ten on both of these guys. I, if you would ask me this three months ago, I would have probably been all in on Kokrak. The, the, so he is one of the biggest um, year over year declines in putting from 2021 calendar year to 2022, which I don't know if that has anything to do with the greens reading book situation or maybe just regression, or maybe it's just been an outlier kind of weird start for him. Um, but I, I have some concerns about that. And you mentioned it. It's not great history. It's like a miscut in a 45th or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I took the power side, but uh, trust me, there's, there is not real American dollars being wagered on this matchup. Yeah, I I agree. No, that's that's a tough one. Mina is, you know, hitting us with the hard ones right off the bat. I was not expecting to have to unleash a Seamus Power or Kokrak tip. All right, how about this one? Two Aussies, Adam Scott versus Mark Leishman. This is more like it. We at least have uh, one Masters champion in here. Uh, I took the Scott side, but kind of the opposite of Power and Kokrak. I like both of these guys. Leishman's been awesome at Augusta National. Adam Scott has the win, but it's kind of like, uh, okay. Besides that, I, I just think Scott's playing well at the moment. He's got the putter figured out. I, I took Scott here, but uh, I don't mind Leishman. Yeah, Scott probably should be favored in this matchup. Scott probably would be favored in this matchup. I just really like Leishman this week. Um, Again, like I'm a little bit worried about his DraftKings ownership. I saw he was kind of creeping up there because he has a very good price. Uh, but I think if you want to get more Leishman exposure, this is a good market to do so. So he plays well at Augusta, uh, hits the ball long and high. He's a little inaccurate off the tee. And so that tends to be his biggest weakness. And I think that's going to be mitigated a little bit at a course with the third widest fairways on tour. Um, and he has the results to back it up here. So I'll roll with Leishman. Yeah. What if I just like the blanket of guys that are like, um, Kind of longish, but like their big flaw is their driving accuracy and their big strength is their approach play. I'm thinking of Taylor Gooch, but I'm imagining there are other guys that fit that category. Like those guys I'm bullish on. I was literally just going to say Taylor Gooch, yeah. which is he's the hardest because he's the most mispriced golfer on DraftKings and wow. he's a debutante. But if I was also building a golf course for also very good on bet grass and very good on um, fast greens and good good three putt avoidance too. So if I was like building a golf course for Taylor Gooch, I would, I would build Augusta. Um, but he is, he's so overpriced in DraftKings. So that'll be a decision. I'll talk a lot more about in my, uh, in my Wednesday article tomorrow, uh, available on rickrungood.com. Okay. How about this one? Victor Hovland versus Brooks Kepka. You and I have both gone with Brooks Kepka. I am, it's almost sacrilegious for me to to do that. Uh, however, that shows uh, how bullish I am on Kepka. So we're both on Kepka. Let's 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 make the case for Victor, right? Like, what's the case for Victor? Because there has not been. I, I think people will generally just be like, "Oh, you got to be good around the greens." Uh, I'm out on Victor, and and then you never hear another word about it. What's the case for it? The case for Victor is that he's neutral around the greens, which he's certainly capable of doing. And that he uh, gains, you know, five, six strokes on approach, five, six strokes off the tee, which he's certainly capable of doing. I mean, look at what he did at the players. Look at what he did at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Like, Hovland is in contention to win tournaments, like hemorrhaging strokes around the green. If he can just get that to neutral, um, there's a very good chance he wins. He fits that bill as one of the best long iron players in the field, has a very high ball flight great driver of the ball, plenty long off the tee. 
I just, I think the biggest issue that you worry about is, you know, it is harder, it is harder to get up and down at Augusta national. The degree of difficulty on these chip shots is a lot harder than even at TPC Sawgrass, certainly than Mayakoba and even a little bit at, um, Arnold Palmer Invitational, where at least at Arnold Palmer Invitational, you have that thick rough to help you scoop up and you're not always having to go against tight lies on potentially mushy ground. It's short game, Rick. It's the story with Vic every week. If he can just be neutral around the green, he can win. And with all that being said, uh, we both ended up taking Brooks Kepka. For me, the idea of a seemingly healthy Brooks for the first time in a long time, a guy that is looking much more like the strong ball striker that we know and love. This was, this was too good to pass up for me. Yeah. I think Brooks is Brooks is going to be a popular play. I don't think anyone's sleeping on Brooks this week, Um, but he's been really, you know, you got to throw out last year. He could barely, uh, he could barely bend over. So that missed cut, Last year, I wouldn't read too deeply into that. He looked good at the match play. He looked good at the Honda. Um, I think Brooks is going to have a good week, which is not a hot take. Yeah, both of us on Brooks and both (laughs) of us on Justin Thomas over Cam Smith. Uh, I know you have and I have as well. I mean, this has been building for Justin Thomas for months. And I think a lot of us had him kind of circled for this spot. But now we're running up against one of the hottest golfers on the planet. Yeah. You know, and I did, I, I laid out a, a big time case for him in the podcast. I didn't even talk about one thing too, Rick, is that we're going to get more wind than we usually get. And so I've already mentioned that we're going to get a westerly wind. Um, you know, who knows how to navigate a westerly wind at Augusta Jim bones McKay, right? <laughs> so I think the windier that it gets at Augusta, the more that you're going to have to rely on experience. Bones is the type of guy that can say to JT when he steps on the tee at number 12, hey, dude, I've seen this before with Phil. I've seen it a dozen times before with Phil. Here's what you want to keep in mind. And I just, I cannot, I can't get over that. I, I think it was a deliberate, intentional hire um, to, it's like when a, uh, it's like when a uh, NFL head coach gets like an offensive minded NFL head coach gets hired to be paired with a great quarterback and really bring out the best in that quarterback. Like this is what we're dealing with here with bones and Justin Thomas winning the Masters. So as you know, I'm all in on him. Unfortunately, I burned him already in one and done, which we'll get to a little bit later. But we will get just, to that just a little I, bit later. And I'm very excited for that moment. But yeah, I think Justin Thomas wins the Masters this week. Ross says, any chance of it being preferred lies this week at all? That would certainly help Vic's game around the green. Uh, no. I mean, they, I don't think I, so. The Master for, for like 60 years, they never did it. They were, it was just mud ball central. If you got a mud ball, sorry, bud. It's golf. Good luck. Everybody's dealing with the same situation. I can't remember if they did it in 2020. That's like the most wet I remember it being because it was in November. But uh, I, so I don't know if that is still true, but until like, as of like eight years ago, they had never done lift clean in place ever. So I can't imagine it's coming. Zero percent chance in my opinion. The only, if it, okay. So if it rained Wednesday night, all night Wednesday, as opposed to all night Tuesday, I would say maybe. But I think having Wednesday to dry it out a little bit, we're not going to get preferred lies. I just don't think they do. Because remember, this is not the PGA Tour. This is 
the masters committee. This, yeah. They're just like, no, nah, like screw it, man. Like sucks, sucks for you. Everybody's dealing with the same situation. No, no problem. It's golf. Um, finally, let's wrap the head to head matchups here. Uh, Colin Morikawa versus Jordan Spieth. We're on opposite sides of this. What side would you like? I went with Spieth. Um, I think this is a good way to get some Spieth exposure. You know, I'm a little bit worried that Colin Morikawa like hates hitting a draw. I, I just like, that's the one thing where it's just like, I don't know yet. I'm so I've gone back and forth like 15 times on whether Morikawa is a good fit for Augusta. Um, it's like, yeah, I get the iron play. Like that's the obvious thing that everyone's going to talk about, but is this really, really a course that plays into his strengths? Like you could argue his weapon just as much as iron play is how accurate he is off the tee. And I don't think that skill gets accentuated as much at Augusta. I've gone back and forth on Colin a million times. I'm just going to take speed here though. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned the draw because this was kind of the thing that pushed me into Colin Morikawa's side for this one. Um, He had spoke, I believe it was yesterday, Monday, it is presser, or maybe somebody asked him about it on side. I don't remember, but it was, it was in the last couple of days about how he felt like he had come to Augusta National and played it completely different than his normal golf because he was trying to hit draws everywhere and that's not his normal thing. And it was almost like he had gotten some advice and he decided that, He's going to play his game at Augusta National, that little baby cut or whatever that he wants to play, um, and and just see how it how it fares. Now, I thought that was kind of a an interesting little breakthrough opportunity, but I, I don't know, man. You're right. The draw the draw is uh, you know the ideal ball flight, but I, I think he could get around without it, can he? Yeah. Well, again, here's the th- this is so in the weeds, uh, yeah. but a westerly wind. I don't think you want to play a cut in a westerly wind if the wind's coming from I'm gonna I'm so glad you've given me a platform to talk through all this stuff in in my articles and my course breakdowns. Um I don't need to get into the westerly wind stuff right now. I'm gonna take Spieth, uh, because I trust him more at Augusta National. Fair enough. I'll take Colin Morikawa and we will see blood there. Okay. One and done selections. Mina, pull up the uh, standings, please. So, oh, this was so annoying. I, I don't even, we, we didn't even do a Valero recap because obviously it's Masters Week, whatever. We can talk about JJ Spa. Mav McNeely started the final round in the hunt, baby. He was in it. I think he was two back. He drops to whatever, gets $41,000. And then, of course, Adam Hadwin shoots like the round of the day, flies up the leaderboard, gets you 344 k Andy. I'm, I was so annoyed on Sunday. So I kind of feel like I'm, I'm stealing a little bit here. So this is the second time that my guy has withdrawn. I think I had Berger at Pebble Beach, and I replaced him with Fitzpatrick, who finished like sixth. And I replaced uh, answer with Hadwin at the 11th hour and Hadwin finished fourth. Um, So, you know, comfy lead, comfy lead. Does it change your strategy at all? Not yet. I mean, it's still, um, I think we just hit the halfway mark last week. So not really. And it's a lot easier, easy for me to say who has not cracked through a million dollars yet. It's a lot easier when you're only going up against one person, because even when I do have to be different, I'm never going to have to be that different. So it's really hard for me to not just like chalk it up most weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, man. 
You know, I, I think with, with McNeely, you just, I, he was a good pick. I liked, I thought McNeely heading into round four. Like, I think, I think McNeely had a good, he was somebody I was looking at live to bet. I, I glad I didn't end up making that. And I, I stuck with my guy, JJ, who, uh, made many Rick run good subscribers, a lot of money oh, last man. week, by the way, the tweets, um, I always love that when, you know, somebody wins and it's just, uh, the slack lights up with the screenshots or Twitter oh, lights yeah. up with the screenshots. It's always fun. Yeah. So shout out. We had a lot of, a lot of JJ spawn guys, um, doing well in the slack. So yeah, you know, I, I, I feel good about my position. I, I, I've used some heavy hitters, but I've still got some in the holster. Um, so I'm feeling good as we enter Masters Week. All right. Well, it's the Masters. Why don't you deploy one of those big boys right now? Who do you want? Dustin Johnson. Okay. So I think that um I think that JT is going to win the Masters. I've used JT in Phoenix and he got me like an eighth. Okay. Yeah, Four hundred thousand or something like that. Yeah. So for me, Rick, it was between DJ and Cantlay. Um, and I I wanted to save Cantlay for I like him at some of those FedEx Cup playoff events when it gets really hot um in August and like a memorial, right? And on, on bent grass later in the year. He's won he's won twice at Memorial. I think DJ is gonna be great this week. I think he's, I, I don't know how I'm going to get down on him in other markets. I don't have room for him in my outright card. I'm not quite sure what the ownership is going to be yet on DJ. I could see him catching steam. I could also see him going under owned. I think he's kind of middling right now. You know, not the most popular guy, but not sneaking up on anyone either. Um, I think it's a good spot for him. What do you think about, what's your take on DJ this week? Do you think like he's, flying under are we talking enough about dj like where do you stand on dj entering the masters yeah i think he is flying under the radar a little bit right i mean not only because you've got you know the scotty shefflers of the world now tiger throws his hat into the mix you got the young guns i mean there's just so many other guys and dj's been he's been good he hasn't been great but he's yeah. been he's been pretty darn good and we're starting to see him round into form i i'm uh, i'm worried about this i think dj could have quite a big week yeah I, I think so too. I, I think it's a good spot for him. You know, the masters that he won in 2020, um, also a very soft golf course. Yes. Um, I, I think it's going to play a lot more difficult this year than the 2020 masters because they, they smashed like every scoring record that year. Yeah. Because you're going to get the fur, the greens will firm up as the week goes on. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to rock with DJ here. I feel pretty good about that. Okay, well, Dustin Johnson for you, Andy, and I am going to give you a taste of your own medicine. I have been chatting with you on a multiple time per week basis for the last however many months, and I know that the guy that you think is going to win this week is Justin Thomas. And I, too, really like Justin Thomas, but he was, I narrowed it down. Maybe I was going to go with Brooks. Maybe I was going to go with JT. Maybe I was going to go with somebody else, and I, I looked through our little uh, spreadsheet and saw that you had already used Justin Thomas. And I thought nothing would be sweeter than if you, Andy, get to be correct on Justin Thomas winning the Masters, slipping on that green jacket from Hideki Matsuyama and me getting the two million bucks in the one and done. I'm going with JT. I can't. It's a smart play. I can't argue with it. I love is it. it two, is it two million this week? Uh, yeah. Two, so the purse okay. is 11 and a half. So I think it's like 2.03 or something. 
Okay, so you're you're right there. You're right. You're right back in the mix. Uh, if if you get this one, which I I think you will. I think JT will win the Masters. Um, so okay, all right, game on, man. Let's see what happens. Game on. Uh, the Masters not even uh close to kicking off yet, and lots more content to come. Andy, you are going to join us on some first cut stuff this week. I've got some more stuff coming out, but this is. Obviously, our you know content creation. I don't even know what word. It's 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 huge. Super Bowl. It's yeah. yeah, it's gonna be more. Yeah, Super Bowl. We've got uh, a ton of stuff lined up. You're coming on the major report tonight, I believe, as well. So yes. super excited for that. Super excited to do some uh, first cut stuff with you to make my first cut debut on Wednesday and Thursday. And let's have a day. How are you spending the rest of your Tuesday? Like, how many more recordings do you have to do? Let's see. Uh, for, I'm going to the first cut in three minutes. Then I'm going <laughs> player by player with Pat Mayo. Uh, That'll at, be fun. I'm excited for that. That takes like 90 minutes. So that's going to be a yeah. big chance. Then I get a little bit of a break and I'll go. I'll probably do have to do some HQ stuff, uh, but I'll be on VSIN tonight at uh, 7.45 p.m. And then coming on with you guys at like nine or whatever time that's going to end up being. Oh, man. All right. Well, I'll let you get to it. I know you got first cut in a second, but always a pleasure, man. And we will be talking a lot more later this afternoon and in the week. We will. Andy Lack available on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. His articles that are uh, phenomenal on rickrungood.com. Check those out. You can follow me at rickrungood. Sign up with the code Rick. The link is in the description. Prize picks. Take their money. Bankrupt them. Put them out of business. Do everything you need to do. We'll see you on Friday.